Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Wow, we're finally going to do this. That's right. <laughs> you sound good. Okay, sound... good, good. Yeah, man, you sound good, too. It's good to hear from nice and... Yeah. All right, well, uh, I got asked if I would do a podcast with somebody that was not impatient, right? So you are definitely not impatient. You're uh, basically like a, a bigwig with the VA, right? Outpatient, ambulatory Outpatient. services. Yeah, giant clinic uh, just built in in, uh, in Lubbock, Texas, man. Yeah. You West Texas uh, folks are a lot different than the rest of the Texas guys. You know, the West Texas people are just, I think, a lot different. And not in a bad way. You know, they're just a lot nicer and calmer. And it's kind of like a combination of, like, island people where, you know, things just kind of mosey along, you know. Yeah, man. We uh, we have a different high sp- Yeah. Very high-spirited at the same time. So, um... Let me ask you a couple of questions. How big is the clinic? So we like volume wise. Rich- we'll just we'll just talk volume wise. Like how many patients does the clinic see? Well, let me let, let me give you an idea, kind of like what happened. We we had a thirty eight thousand square foot uh, facility, and we went to a hundred twenty five thousand square foot facility. Okay, and we've also got an ambulatory. Uh, procedural type you know basic uh surgical type um department and which is a unique thing for uh these types of clinics uh it's not really like something that um anything's been done like this in the like you guys are building a big one down there in uh san antonio but it's going to be a little more focused on uh like dental and some other things uh, and this is more like of a generalist setup where, uh, you know, we've got like primary care and specialty care and uh, mental health and uh, just a, just a ton of services. We didn't have audiology, you know, uh, uh, ophthalmology, several things that, uh, you know, we'd never even touched before. So it was quite a voyage. And uh, volume wise, I mean, we we see probably you know, eight primary care teams, uh, about, uh, you know, 12, 13 patients a day um, uh, in each one, and then plus all the other specialty services combined. And, uh, and, and, and I'll explain a little bit more about that later on because the VA does things a little bit different as far as how patients volume-wise. So uh, 50 coming in there uh for seeing this uh, uh walk-in system this walk-in clinic for you know same day access uh that's really proven pretty uh pretty unique also and also very uh, timely uh with with uh you know covid and the recent uh, um you know, surges and things like that. So, so it keeps sort of the COVID like symptoms out of the clinic, the main clinic, keeping kind of isolated to this one little area. So that's kind of in a nutshell. I mean, uh, it was a huge endeavor. Uh, I'd been on this project for about four and a half years and it was going on for probably about roughly um, nine years or so uh, total. Uh, so the the last half of it I've been on. Gotcha. There's a lot of hours as far as like having to manage all this stuff. Yeah, you like know, uh, of, man, uh, you know, a, management a, man. It's always uh, it's it's always kind of on the. There's no clock to punch, man. You just you you you're there till it gets done. Yeah. So you have your DNP, right? Correct. Yeah, I have yeah. A, a DNP and um, 
healthcare administration and leadership. Um, and it has a little sidebar caveat of informatics. Mm. Has it paid off? Like in, in your opinion? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I mean, hundred percent, I, I wouldn't, uh, I don't think that I would be, um, I, I don't necessarily think I would be where I was at because a lot of, a lot of stuff in the federal government is made is sort of geared towards like if you're using education as an equivalent or, um, you know, you know, there's various ways to get in the, the, the government with uh, hiring authorities. But um, this way uh, is like education and, you know, experience and all of that. Uh, you kind of put it together and, and, uh, and it gives you a little bit of a boost as far as like where you're you can grade out or. You know, and that's that's a whole different story about getting into the, the government in the first place. Uh, but uh, but, yeah, there's special hiring authorities and different things for veterans, for civilians, for uh, nurses, for, you know, health technicians. Yeah. So it kind of like gives you like a little plus sign and then being a veteran gives you another little plus sign and they kind of. Yeah. Bump, yeah. I mean, and, and that. And that's my thing, man, was like, you know, uh, what better way to, to, to serve and give back, you know, as fellow veterans. I mean, I'm passionate about it. Um, you know, I, it'd be hard pressed to find somebody as passionate about doing this as I am, uh, you know, particularly with going through the construction, product design, construction, build out, um, transition, implementation, all that stuff. So being a leadership, um, you know, and one of my things is making sure that people understand that, you know, leadership is defined not by one thing, but it's defined by, you know, multiple characteristics, right? Because we all carry multiple characteristics, not just one single thing. Um, so what would you say, like, your multiple characteristics in leadership? would be um oh man you know I'll, I'll tell you uh you i mean you know you and i we we serve together man so I, yeah yeah and and i'll tell you you know the the probably lessons learned from you know i always, our I always, time. I always think about when we would run at fort bragg oh yeah man <laughs> yeah so I was the jackrabbit, and you were the the turtle, sort of just coming along, and but you stayed steady, and and you never and you never came off pace. And then I'd be like on the sideline dying, man, and you you come, you know, muckalucking along, man, and just uh, pass me there. So so uh, slow and steady wins the race. No, yeah. uh, that's a perfect that's a perfect uh, segue, man. Like uh, what 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 I'd tell you is I, one of those characteristics. I learned a whole lot of ways how not to do things. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So failure is probably one of the best lessons in leadership if you use it as a lesson and a learning tool. And I think I've heard y'all touch on this before in in some of the other, um, um, you know, series that you've done. But um, but yeah, that's probably one of the most potent, one of the most powerful potions. Right. For uh, for leadership, if I was going to concoct it, right. Is, uh, yeah, get ready to fail. You're going to fail. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it's when you, it's when you look back and you learn from those and, and, uh, and, and I'll tell you, man, like, you know, COVID was a big test adjusting on the fly, getting some things done, making sure that people are safe, our people are safe, you know? Uh, even in an outpatient setting, man, you're getting people walking in and they've got it. And, um, and so, you know, you just have to have your, your, you know, your precautions in place and your little isolation area in place and, and roll with it. And then I guess, um, man, to add to that, uh, man, vision, man, you gotta, you gotta be able to see through the fog. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. So seeing through the fog, looking down the road, keeping your eyes on the horizon, um, sort of having a strategic mindset, man. Like, you know, we, we, you, you know, like, again, you and I served together. We, we were constantly like, uh, you know, how, you know, how will we get this mission together? How will we, uh, 
yeah, yeah. you know, what do we need for this? What are our tools? What are our basic needs? What do we, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to load? How are we going to do this? Uh, button up and go, right? <clears throat> right. So, um, man, I kind of take that pre-mission brief type um, um, strategy, man, and, and, and put that into play because we do huddles uh, daily. And, uh, that's with like, you know, the nursing team and like the, the, the leadership team at the facility. Uh, and then we have a mothership, you know, uh, that's a big VA system, um, that's located about 200 miles away. So, so we, 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 we do that. We have a big system huddle. We have our huddles and then we have, uh, you know, departmental huddles. And then we have like this leadership huddle. And we just kind of touch base. And then there's a there's a triad at my facility where it's me as the chief nurse, um, the the medical director, uh, who's an MD, and then an administrator. <clears throat> and we touch base in the evenings about, you know, 4 p.m. Uh, just to kind of get our mindset for the next day. So, uh, you know, that's a that's a that's probably the second uh, thing that I would put in the potion. Right. Um, then, you know, I think you have to be really flexible, man. You got to be Gumby, damn it. Right. You got to be, uh, you got to be able to bend and flex and move, man. Uh, because if you're not able to adapt and overcome and you're stuck in some kind of a management shoot, right. Like you're, you're in the, in the horse shoot coming out of the race. Yeah. Man, you're stuck, right. Your feet are planted. You can't, you're, I mean, you're going to get you're going to get pummeled, man. So, um, I didn't, you know, being able to adapt and overcome pivot and turn, move to something different, uh, having a backup to the backup, man, that's, I guess that still speaks to the strategic forecast, but I mean, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's just really taking the mindset of like, okay, this didn't work. We hit a wall. Let's go somewhere else. Let's do something different. Okay. Back out of it. Let's, 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 uh, let's move in a different direction. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think, uh, I've, you know, I've been involved in about seven different projects for like design, implementation, leadership. It's kind of like crazy, man. Kind of like becoming a construction nurse in my, in my, uh, career. But, uh, um, but, but, but these things have all given me unique, um, look into, um, the way that different systems operate, the way that different, um, and these are mostly inpatient, right? But I was able to be part of standing up one of the youngest uh, Air Force units, uh, the 49th Bomb Group, the AMDS, and uh, at Dias Air Force Base, and that's the reserve unit. Mm-hmm. And that that was that was awesome. Uh, that was that was a unique experience. And then going into this, I mean, you know, I drew a lot from because that's that's kind of an outpatient mindset, right? And until then, I had always been like in the inpatient settings. Uh, but uh, but taking that mindset and just kind of applying it to this uh, facility and kind of like listening to the vision of like what these generals were. Uh, trying to do and get done uh, for the for the veterans of our community and the surrounding communities. I mean that that was really kind of what what was imprinted into this uh, concept, you know. So, yeah. I mean that's that's I mean that's top three. I mean I I, I don't know how in depth you want me to go, but I mean uh, that's kind of the broad sort of the broad overview um, of how we you know of how we work. No, that's good. Uh, I like the uh, the getting stuck piece. Um, that's that's kind of a a really bad situation, right? Like, yeah. And for, and for and a lot of people will experience it. Almost one hundred percent of people will experience it throughout their career. It's just a matter of how you react. Unfortunately, well, and- put put in that, but put in there, right? Yeah, let, let me just let me elaborate on that. You know, for an outpatient facility, um, you know, we, we don't have an ED. We don't have anything like that. You know, it, this is not really an urgent care type setting. This is this is primary care. You know, we have a walk in area, but um, we've 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 literally I mean, these, you know, like vet, these, these these patients have like hunkered down through the 
the COVID era and they're sick. They're sick as they're sick as crap, man. When they're coming to see uh, a primary care person for the first time in like two years and they've had all these conditions um, that they were being treated for beforehand. They may have run out of meds or whatever the case may be, but you know, they, they come in and I'm talking like walk in uh, all the signs and symptoms, uh, throw them on the EKG uh, uh, dudes having a stimmy. Um, and you know, uh, guy walked in, passed out, uh, had, you know, having a stroke. I mean, it's, it's, um, when I talk about adapt and overcome, man, I'm talking about like, we're adapting for a mindset of like a much sicker patient now. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, so we're all of a sudden, you know, and and thankfully, you know, critical care background, you, you as well. Right. Um, my, you know, I've got some really strong uh, ED nurses, uh, hospitalist who is uh, now our medical director. So, so they can they can roll with it, right? And and it's like uh, it's like box and go, man. Uh, grab grab them. Uh, you know, you're simultaneously calling the ambulance and and grab and go. You know, box them up and go. And thankfully, we're right across the street from a level one trauma center. But, um, um, you know, all not, you know, notwithstanding, man, you still got this person walking into your, your, your joint. Right. And you got to deal with them. So do you guys have crash carts and all that stuff in the, the yes. clinic or you do? Okay. Yes. We've got, you know, we, we've got all the, all the basics to, to, to do it. Uh, and you know, we're all transitioning to ACLS for, uh, uh, these procedural, um, you know, openings right. and stuff that we'll go into. So, yeah. That's some scary stuff, man. Uh, yeah. I can tell you that um, I started seeing uh, probably over the last year, like people that had not seen their physician or, you know, bothered to go to the doctor or bothered to go eat, you know, other than the grocery store who are significantly, uh, you know, in really bad shape because of it. Um, absolutely and it's it's kind of funny it's kind of funny because like you know you it seems like when you're out in public and this is just me speaking like I don't know what it's like for you but you know you go out in public and it feels more like the fear is gone for a large majority of people right and Mm -hmm. then you see like a handful of people that are still like petrified right you know they're Mm -hmm walking around with their Purell and their triple mast and a facial, Mm -hmm. you know, trash bag over their head. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of odd. Is are you, do you, do you notice like any staff members that are in still in fear mode or are they more like relaxed? Man, if I had to say that there was any kind of, uh, I mean, like a fear or apprehension or something like that. It would it would be more um, about. I think it's more fatigue. I mean, let me just I'll, I'll just straight up say it's probably more fatigue, right? Because yeah. um, um, we we're fortunate, you know, most of the patients that were coming that had any sort of symptomology that would even remotely resemble were like you know captured, caught right up at the front and. It's a unique setup, so we have uh, they 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 just don't get into the facility very far, you know, no more than uh, twenty five feet, uh, uh, forty feet max, into the into the building, and then uh, you know they're 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 essentially sent right back out if uh, uh, if if there's any positives or anything. Hmm. So, um, and. and uh, and so if I, if I had to say like, you know, fearful or apprehensive or just, you know, downright like, uh, you know, stupefied by it, um, I think it's, it's more so that, you know, our teams have not really had to deal with it coming through. Uh, occasionally something would get by and there was an exposure, you know, and something, you know, maybe they didn't, they just didn't answer the questions appropriately. Uh, and then they wait to get back and see their team. 
but those are few and far between. So I, I, I would just say that they're very apprehensive about, um, you know, still, still around, still being treated. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's, and notwithstanding the whole, uh, you know, mandatory vaccine thing too, and which I'm sure, you know, at, at your facility you're dealing with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's, there's those things, uh, on top of that, that's sort of compounding it. And it's like, okay, well, we made it through two years worth of this and now we're being forced out or now we're being this or that or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, kind, no, of the, definitely. that's kind of the mentality that, you know, where they're at and for, you know, fortunately, we, you know, working in a, in a federal facility, I mean, it's not, um, uh, I mean, there's not really a whole lot of, 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 of people that this affects, uh, particularly in the, uh, patient care mindset. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, but I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I've got friends, I've got, uh, relatives, I've got other people that are like, are being affected by it. So, you know, kind of switches gears here, but I mean, that's, that's another, I think that's another fear. We just, you know, don't really know what to do with that yet. And, um, uh, uh, but, you know, it's really hitting hard. One of our hospitals here, um, you know, locally, and that's that's really causing a whole lot of media and protests and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, it's just kind of and then we're all kind of on cruise control. Wait and see, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I know that one of the ERs I was working in a couple of weeks ago, we were getting transfers in from from out west and from new mexico yeah and uh i was like man i can't believe that they're full already you know that kind of blew me away um and a lot of people you know and 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 i'm just gonna say this because this is why i feel like i stopped watching the news right because it's just like nonstop hate and fear and whatever and every once in a while there's like some good news but yeah. Uh, so I just, you know, watching this kind of develop and I watch the trackers and whatever because of what I have to do, um, just kind of kind of blows my mind. Like, man, it's not really getting a whole lot better in certain areas of the country. And yeah, I agree. Fatigue. Fatigue from physician staff to, I would even say, administrative staff to, um, yeah, obviously nursing staff. Uh, they're just, yeah, they're. I, I, I worry about the burnout, to be honest. I, you know, and, and what is that going to look like in five? Because if you play long game, right? If you play long bank, long game, and you're like, hey, you know, would you tell your family member to become a nurse or a doctor today, right? <laughs> or would you encourage anybody to to go down this road? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we did we we've done some cool shit throughout our careers, right? But you know, at right. a certain time, uh, then you come into this this development, and then people are like, hey, well, if you don't get this vaccine, you know, you can't work anymore. It's like, dude, you know, that just doesn't even seem right, like in any kind of context, right? I mean, you know, and it's it's different like you and I being in the military, man. I mean, it's like you just lined up, got your shots and hit your, got yeah. your folder and we're out the door, man. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, on to the next one. Um, you know, and hopefully you didn't have a PT test the next day because then you're like stiff neck and whatever from like typhoid and anthrax and whatever else, you, you know. You, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but um, I, you know, I, I, I really like, and, and one of the things I'm concerned about right now is the, the, the classes that are graduating because then you've got these, you know, and, and you've got all these students from like rad techs, LVN, uh, you know, docs, um, all the way up to, you know, ner- you know, nursing, right? All the way up the, the the healthcare administrators, lab techs, everything, name it. Mm-hmm. They're all coming out, right? And uh, and and we're like still, you know, we're still full blown uh, 
gear up, mask up, whatever, you know, when we're in the facility. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really seem like, and I don't even know what the quality, like, like so, the, the, and when I say I'm concerned about it, like, what was the quality of their education during that time? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you you know, and back in my day, man, which is a long time ago and yours too, um, uh, you know, it, you're you're in there, man. You're 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 yeah. living there, you know. So you're you're there from like, you know, you know, oh four hundred to to you know seven p.m. Man, you know you're 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 living there, but uh, right. All you know these a lot of this virtual stuff that they're doing and uh, uh, now don't get me wrong, man. I'm I'm all about you know tele anything, but uh, um, I just you know, man, I wonder about the quality. Um, I wonder about you know when you when you're dropped into the real world uh, scenarios after that, like how do you you know how do you adapt? You know, I I just be I I'd, I'd be curious to sort of follow these. Uh, classes for the past you know year or two and see kind of what you know statistically who's still a nurse who's still a doc who's still a you know um what they what they're doing yeah i definitely think it's going to be really tough And, and when you look at the student loans right and then you look at inflation and then you know how much car is going to cost them how much gas is going to cost oh, them yeah, and man. uh you know all this stuff that is being thrown at them all at once and you know they're going to come out and i don't you know i don't even know what a new nurse or what a new brand new MD makes or any of that stuff anymore uh i have an idea right because of what i do uh you know what an experience one makes but it's very different when you're coming out and you know making money for the first time and you're you're trying to stay afloat and you have a I don't know, $1,500 student loan payment. Then you have a, I don't know, rent that you have to pay. Then you have, you know, a car. Then you have to put gas in the car and you have to pay for insurance. You know, your licensing and updating and all that stuff. So, yeah, I I think it's going to, yeah, definitely. It's going to, it's going to take a toll real quick. And then obviously then you go to work and they're like, hey, you can't go to work unless you get this done, right? And get this done. And then you're at work and the criticism immediately comes, right? That's what a lot of people don't get. Yeah. Back to like being stuck, right? So you're, you're at work and you have tons of patients and then it's like, Hey, by the way, you know, you didn't check this box on this patient. And you're like, dude, like, you know, I have like 14 patients on my monitor right now, you know, trying to get through. So yeah, the frustration can be very real and the burnout, you know, could be a lot earlier than, obviously the the stuff that we've gone through, right. You know, we got the opportunity to go all over the place and do all sorts of things. And yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, Hey, you know, you got to get swabbed to get on a plane and wear a mask and you know, all this other crap that's going on right now. So. Yeah. No, it was just hurry up and get on. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like why the fuck aren't you on the plane already? <laughs> yeah. Let's roll out. Yeah. Yeah, very, very different lifestyle, very different concepts of operation versus how they are today, uh, which are, you know, the being that meticulous, uh, you know, and if you look at it, you know, like from a mental health standpoint, you know, it makes you wonder, right? Like, are they going to be, are they going to be that way at home as well, you know, when, you know, finance, or are they going to be completely opposite and be, more uh self-destructive because of it yeah you you know you're you're, you know you touch on a good uh point there man because like if you start like in high school and back in my public health days man when i was working for public health i can tell you uh you start in high school and follow these kids come out and uh look at kind of like these risk-taking behaviors and some of the things that they do as they sort of grow in and you know go through college and come out and and then you know like follow follow just you know check on statistics man and 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 back this up i mean you know who your audience can fact check it 
uh, till the cows come home, man. But uh, yeah, what you're going to find is uh, the 30 somethings, you know, are, are, are headed back home. Um, you know, the, the late 20s, early 30s are headed back home. Um, everything costs more bread, gas, milk, houses, um, right? Cars, if I didn't already say that. Yeah. Um, you know, by about five to 17,000, depending on what type of vehicle you're looking, right? And I'm, I'm talking, man, you can get online and look for a used 2007 Chevy pickup, man, and pay like 40 grand for it. A hundred plus thousand miles, man. And, um, and then, you know, yeah, you're in debt, right? You're going to school. If you didn't have a uh, military uh, helping you out or, or mom and pop helping you out. Uh, or grandpa's trust fund or something i mean you're you're uh you're you're in debt and so um it's it's really kind of in a and, and you can already you can already kind of see this there was sort of a catastrophic teetering man on the education debt ceiling and sort of the the education debt in general you know people just could not pay their loans coming mm-hmm. into into this they, you know, that all stirs into like the overall economic um, situation and, and, and sort of the overall financing, you know, of, uh, um, you know, our cities, towns, government uh, and on, you know, onto the global economy. But, yeah, it's a huge it's a huge um, red flag. It's a huge black eye. I mean, it, it really um, hurts, um, you know, domestically when. Uh, you, you, you know, there's like that failure to launch because it's just like inaffordable. There's, there's no way, uh, no, no, no affordability, uh, based on wage and, uh, inflation. Uh, and you, you know, down here or, or up here rather, uh, in the, in the panhandle, I mean, you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, average 29, 30, 31 on coming out of school, um, in, in nursing capacity um and then just depending on where you go you know depending on your diffs and things like that work nights or work days or if you're uh, eight to eight to four thirty type thing with uh you know a, a outpatient type deal or you know texas tech or one of these uh, big employers um yeah man that's that's gonna be sort of sort of what everybody's looking and not only that you got about a thousand people competing for that same you know 31 dollar an hour job so and uh you know that's not easy and then uh, yeah uh not sure what happened mine mine has like full bars so i've got about three right now but uh anyway i don't know where i don't know where we lost uh each other but uh um, I think we were talking about the economy and just like being uh, kind of a punch in the gut to the student coming out right now and yeah. uh, kind of causing like a little bit of failure to launch or something like that. Maybe, uh, you know, being in debt sucks, man, for, uh, um, and you know, you got these folks, uh, um, you know, coming back to live with mom and dad and, you know, just, right. uh, just tough times, man. No, it definitely is, I, and I I think it's going to only get you know it's going to get harder over the the next couple of years with uh, with all of this. You know, it's funny because I drove out to uh, to Midland and to Odessa about two or three weeks ago, and that place is like grown up, right? And tons of like oil production and gas production, you know, from natural gas to oil, yep. and. Uh, you know, I wonder if, and you know, the reason I asked about the whole, uh, you know, education piece was because, you know, I wonder if like we overemphasize education to a certain extent. Like in healthcare, it's a requirement, right? I mean, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna practice medicine without a medical degree, right? Yeah. Um, and same thing in, in nursing, right? Nobody's gonna practice nursing with without a medical without a nursing degree. And, uh, you know, obviously becoming an advanced practice is going to be no different. Um, 
but in the long run, like when you look at down the road, you know, and you look at people that, you know, can't even understand like where gas comes from or how it's developed and all this other stuff. And, you know, the tires on their car, how do you even change a flat tire? Right. They're, I mean, I know dudes that can't even change a flat tire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're you're hitting home, man. Like I, I I take my I take my daughter out and uh, you know make sure that they understand what these things are. And yeah, my and my son. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's too. Uh, yeah, it's uh, right. Simpler times, man. Like uh, yeah, like they never held the flashlight for their dad or yeah, had man. It, that's right. The toolbox and that's right. You can never hold it in the right place. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, man, you're, you're, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and that, you know, gosh, man, seeing like, you know, talking to some of the kids, uh, some of my, some of my kids' friends and stuff like that, and just hearing like, you know, their opinions or their thoughts on, uh, some of these things. Like, I, man, I sit around and talk to my, I, 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 I'm serious, man, about like, you know, the economy and, you know, you know, they'll, they'll ask some questions every now and then. And they're, but they, they tell, they tell their mom like, uh, yeah, well, you know, the, but the thing is, is I don't have an hour to sit and listen to the lecture. Right. Yeah. And they want to know the answer, but then I'm like, well, it's not that simple. You know, you gotta, you, you gotta understand like, yeah, where oil comes from or, uh, and, you know, speaking to that Midland Odessa thing, I mean, you're, you know, that's, literally like one of the largest oil reserves ever has been found out there um mm-hmm. so it's getting it's ramping up man and they're i mean i'm talking like rival you know saudi and uh as far as oil so um man it, it is going and blowing out there and i-20 is like the autobahn so if you were mm-hmm. on there you know what what it's like driving out there man and i mean it is non-stop oil machinery cranes line trucks semi trucks people in their vehicles i mean it is just super busy it's all it's it's almost like a like a austin in a little in a way where it never really had the infrastructure to support the amount of people that were moving there right you know and that's so you a, got all these jam ups really good analogy uh the the funny part is so yeah going down I-20 and then you run into Pecos, right? And you mm-hmm. see Pecos. And I remember going to Pecos you know, seven years ago, you know, and there was nothing there, right? There was no cantaloupes. Yeah. And now it's like, <laughs> holy moly, there's hotels and there's restaurants yep. and, you know, housing developments and, you know, just big giant oil stuff. And I'm just like, holy man, I like, I would have never guessed, you know, Pecos would be like, a suburb in texas right yeah man you know not not just some rodeo that people would love to go to <laughs> well, they, we we got our own we got our own white sands out there man yeah our own little mini white sands out there yeah i went to go see the dunes went yeah to go check out the dunes get if, out there if, if nobody's ever seen that man i mean it's out like by kermit texas man it's uh yeah. like a little little white sands new mexico yeah, it's pretty amazing. There's also a meteor crater, man, in Odessa. A lot of people don't know about meteor strike. Yeah, all you folks out there are just a lot, a lot calmer and a lot more laid back, in my opinion. It's not the big hustle and bustle, but now you see it like developing. It's like being taken away, right? Well, but that's because we don't have 1604, man, to drive on. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're calm <laughs> that's true yeah so I have a question what is the what is the uh, hardest part of like management in your opinion and then what is the hardest part of leadership for you oh man uh, gosh management Management is like, uh, it, it's, you know, it, it simply, I mean, just crack down to the bare, 
necessities. I mean, it's just getting people to do what you need them to do when you need them to do it. And sometimes that can be like herding cats. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, management to me is management is a little more defined and it has a, 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 a sort of more faux walls, right? If you lanes to be in and time uh, restrictions and time management and all of these things that, you know, how go into the overall operations. And I mean, I think, I think leadership is more like, to me, it's more of the fun part, man. It's like, you know, getting to do, I mean, and I'll, 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 I'll put it like this, like it's hard because you have to deal with the management side. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's hard because you have to get your bosses to understand like why we need this, how we are going to use this, um, what, what the vision ever was for this piece of equipment, um, those kinds of things. And, um, and that's the tough stuff, you know, like you have to be a salesman, you have to be a, a leader, you have to be, a you know, a, a coach, you have to be uh you know name it i mean it, it, it and i don't think people really put that into perspective when they get into leadership but yeah you're going to be coaching people uh you're going to be like hard sales you're going to get told no um i'm i'm really tough to tell no to because i'm going to find a way by the way i mean that's and you probably remember that i mean it's 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 hard to tell me no and and me not find a way to to do something so i'm stubborn right. in that i'm stubborn in that regard but but um, but yeah, man, those are those are kind of my differences. I mean, management is is really the the stringency, the real the real tough things that you have to do, the discipline, the um, disciplinary actions, right? The 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 hiring, the firing, the all those kinds of things that go along with it. And then leadership is more so like you know, getting getting people to see the vision or the big picture or the down the horizon, like I was talking about earlier um those kinds of things and and just sort of sort of getting people to understand where we're headed right so we're going from here to there and this is how we're going to get there i agree uh yeah i think management is a lot of like you know understanding programs and understanding informatics and mm -hmm. then leadership is implementing these programs yeah why we yeah. need to worry about these informatics yeah that's you it. know and then, of course, you know, then you have to, like, think about personnel, right? And you think about, okay, well, we need to figure out how we're going to put people in charge of certain programs and then how those people, you know, and giving them kind of like a guideline, but not giving them, not restricting their creativity to create the program or make it better, right? Absolutely. Uh, make it more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, those are the big giant things, in, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, when, when you're talking about it. it, it's just, it's hard for a lot of, and for, I mean, I can tell you personally, it's hard for a lot of folks, like when you ask them to do something, like when you think like they're the right person for it, and they're like, mm -hmm. man, like I really don't want to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you and I have been in that boat, right? Like, yeah. man, like yes, I, I really do not want to do that. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, obviously it was the military. So like, you know, tough shit. This is what you're going to do. And, and you're going to, you know, here's, here's a book, you know, with some guidelines, <laughs> knock yourself out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then you just kind of roll with it. Right. Yeah. But uh, on the civilian side, I think it's, it's a lot more complicated because, people don't you know the, all they you know the minute you tell them that you want to put them in charge of something you know they're like when do i get a raise right oh yeah yeah well like you haven't even done anything yet how can i give you a raise for something you haven't even done right you know? yeah and i think that's where like sort of the you know federal entities differ a lot in that there's so many directives and guidelines and then you have your own sops you know your, your standard operating procedures or uh, standards of practice and and you know these these mcas which is these overarching you know policies and procedures uh you know those things are all in place and again you know those things are in place at these civilian facilities too but i mean we it's it's really more like 
being being hardwired to like look for this is the way that we're supposed to operate under this guidance right mm-hmm. um whereas there's a lot more leeway um uh, you know and then that's where you get into like legal ramifications too like in the civilian sector when somebody you know gets called into court or something man is like uh so can you turn to page 29 of your policy and procedure there on uh, uh central line draw and can you read for me those steps And okay, did you follow each one of these steps in the drawing of Mr. Such and Such? And, uh, and, you know, to which they say, well, you know, I follow our policy and procedure, but did you do each one of these steps? Right. And because this is your policy and procedure. So did you do each one of these steps in sequence or whatever? Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times, you know, I'll be, I'll be straight with you, man, back in the, back in the day with, uh, uh, you know, back in old SICU, man, at a, at a, at a major facility uh, here that, that, you know, that was kind of loosey goosey, man. Mm-hmm. And people just kind of, you know, there was a lot of haphazard things, man, uh, that went on back then. And, um, and, and so it was, it was, man, it was kind of a tough sell for me to, to stick around there, man. Um, I had a lot of, you know, those gut feelings, right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the ones that keep you alive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that also tell you you're about to do something you shouldn't. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I had I had a lot of those, and uh, uh, you know, it was kind of like, well, this is the way we do it. This is the way we do it. This is the way we do it. But nobody was really like keen on the policy and procedure stuff, and so I think I think you really have to have a mindset to that, and. And I'll say, you know, like for about two years when I got out, I never read a journal. I never read anything or any of that stuff. I never was even really compelled to. Mm-hmm. And once I got into like my BSN program, because I went to an ADN program first. But when I got in my BSN, man, I was like, how have I been, how do I even, how have I even been doing this and not been reading about what the latest and greatest or like how we're even supposed to be doing this? How have I been, how have I been practicing, right? I mean, like, blew my mind. I I started, like, being like, yeah, man, we need to, like, really, you know, and, 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 and became a charge nurse later on and started really focusing on, like, man, you know, you really got to, you know, it sounds like you're not really familiar with this process. Why don't you read this? You know, let's let's look at some education and let's do this and then we'll, we'll try again. We'll try to do this IV or we'll try to, you know, and I was, I was, I was big on that, man. Cause it, 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 it was really, man, it really spoke to me. Cause I just thought, man, how have I been doing this this long and not even read a journal, you know, in two years is kind of minimal. I mean, there's, there's docs and nurses and people that come out and they don't, they never read a journal from the time they get out of school, maybe. Right. I don't know how, but I mean, I point blank ask some people and they're like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't read that stuff. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to say you're an idiot, but well, you're an idiot. <laughs> because I mean, how would you, not, how, how can you say that I'm not willing to learn or I'm not willing to, I guess it goes back to being adaptive, right? Just being adaptive. Um, uh, there's a, because the way you 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 know this man, the way we did it uh, twenty years ago, man, is not the way we do it today. For a right. lot of things, for a lot of things, the way we treat certain conditions is not the way we do it anymore. Um, so, you know, it's just a it's just a mindset that it, like it blows my mind, man. Like, how can you not want to know? And, and and understand like in, at what's cutting edge in your field and and uh, and and how to be the best at what you are, you know. Sorry about that. It's totally my fault. Our, we're having a big windstorm down here, man. So it's it's all good. But yeah, you were talking you were talking about how uh, you know folks either fail or refuse to kind of to read to update you know what is going on in the world and to be honest um yeah i mean i've I've seen that firsthand you know me going through np school was probably you know graduating and i could not read enough right like to stay caught up 100 um, percent 
I couldn't I couldn't read enough to uh, to re- especially when it came to a lot of like the new therapies or meds that were being you know challenged and discontinued or being pulled off the market and stuff like that. It it, it made it made for a lot of challenging moments uh, clinically, uh, not mm-hmm. just inpatient side, but outpatient side, uh, mm-hmm. because you know, I would see people, and especially outpatient, and you know they would do their research and ask a lot of questions, right? Which is, in my opinion, extremely good, right? Because that means that they're trying to take care of themselves and make sure that they're on the right medication. Uh, and for a lot of my colleagues, you know, they would look at patients who would question medicines and, you know, just be offended. And they felt like they were being challenged. And in my opinion, it's like, hey, you know, I'd rather you ask a question than, than just come in and just be like, yeah, okay, yeah, give me the dose. I'll go home and take it, you know, um, because it just tells me that you're, you're being proactive in your care. No, you're, you're, you're right on the mark, man. Um, I, I tell my, I, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, we have the, the world in our palm or we carry it around with us. Uh, we can look up anything we want, but, uh, you know, like, uh, my kids just want to use it for Snapchat or something, right. They don't, they don't, they don't care about uh, the Google or whatever, um, so much, but, uh, more so than being like social with it. But, but I mean, you know, yeah, man, um, if, if if you're not uh, if you're not thinking that you're dealing with a more educated public in terms of uh, Doctor Google, then um, then yeah you're um, yeah you're you're sadly mistaken. And so if you walk into a room, you may very well get you know your NCLEX all over again. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you're about to get boarded. Like, yeah, your USMLE you know, 20, uh, right over. Times. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a different thing. And there's a lot of, you know, it goes both ways, right? Um, you know, I, I was listening to this guy talk about how, uh, like, psychiatric illness went up. I can't remember. I want to say it was, like, 10 times the amount after, like, 2007, because that's when the iPhone came out. Yeah. So all the yeah. social media apps were uh, obviously on, on your phone, right? So it goes back to what you were saying about um, having – you know, the world at your fu- at, at your fingertips, uh, which is good and bad um, because obviously you could become obsessed with your phone and you're no longer capable of putting your phone down. Uh, and, you know, then you start, you know, you see one friend get diagnosed because they have a headache. Uh, you know, they have like a brain tumor and then all of a sudden everybody has a brain tumor and everybody has to get a CT scan and yeah, like, dude, no doubt. Kid is, kid is, you know, five. He has a headache because he has a fever and he has strep throat. He doesn't, he doesn't have a brain tumor. Right. But, but, uh, you know, also the, 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 um, you know, you touch on something very key, man. Like our, our kids are exposed to this nonstop barrage, you know, and, uh, you know, I've kind of kept up with this sort of groundwork that I did back in public health about risk-taking behaviors in 11 to 15-year-olds. So mm-hmm. um, this social media, particularly like uh, Instagram, Snapchat, some of this, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not just calling them out or anything like that. I mean, this is stuff that's on the news. This is stuff that's in uh, um, literature. Uh, you know, you, you, you know, and, and I'm speaking strictly as just a general guy who's got kids, man, um, it, it, you know, un, who happens to have a public health background. Well, so they they're 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 barraged nonstop. And, you know, even like bullying, let's take bullying, for instance, like you used to, you know, you go to school, you either handle that in the alley or, you know, you. Uh, walk away from it or you went home and you had some reprieve nowadays man it just goes on non-stop you know all Mm -hmm. day all night uh, on any one of these accounts also um, you know like it or not man um, whatever you look at you tap on or you inquire about that's what they're gonna focus on they're gonna send you more of so if it's all about skinny girls and uh, 
you know, bulimia or if it's all about uh, surfboarding or if it's all about uh, cars and motorcycles. I mean, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get more and more of that. So that that's really like one of those sort of appendages, right? One of those little things that comes off of the side of it that's mm-hmm. uh, sort of negative. And it's, it's been in the in the in the news and in the uh, uh, in some literature lately about how this affects uh, uh, kids mental health negatively and even a, even even uh, adults, but particularly kids at that age that I mentioned, because that's where the, all this development in their brain is going on. Mm-hmm. And so it really just sort of like gears them towards this, you know, addictive tendencies, risk-taking behaviors. Um, hey, you eat a big meal, go throw it up, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, and I've, I've talked to like a, a couple of people I know who are counselors and stuff like that or, you know, social workers. That, and, man, they talk about it like nonstop in the in the schools and stuff, you know, and um and, and just really puts it into perspective. I mean, like you, you know, you're, you know, you're got kids. They tell you, like, hey, my friends are are, are doing this or they're doing that or, you know, this one's drunk all the time or that one's vaping, taking drugs or whatever, you know. And um, right, man, it's just really hard to try to get them to be above that influence now because it's like everything that they look at is that stuff, you know. So yeah, they're then, they're see to mold into whatever they want to because of the continuous bombardment. Yeah, exactly. And then you look at, uh, you know, for people who've been hunkered down for like two years, what they do, man, like they started buying board games. They started buying, um, you know, woodworking stuff. They started buying, right. And then if you were stuck with just your phone, man, it's like those percentages you were talking about earlier, like anxiety's gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, people, you know, like uh, diagnosis of like schizophrenia or other, you know, other, um, uh, you know, compounding illnesses with with mental health have have uh, have have just like sort of upticked like since the, uh, you know, the covid uh, shutdowns. So it's just like people are super anxious, you know, and then like people have been teleworking all this time and they go back to work. They're like freaking yeah, out. Yeah, social about- Social interactions a bitch, right? Yeah, yeah, man. You got to go and talk to somebody, or like that that person's <laughs> gonna actually sit in my office, or you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, man. I, I, I've got a, I got a, I got a, you know, I've got a neighbor to talk to, and he's, you know, he's kind of a, kind of reclusive uh, since COVID, and just uh you know, just seeing how he interacts now is it's it's much different, you know. And um, man, it's um, it's just, it's just interesting, man. Even going to the supermarket, like you were talking about earlier, um, just how people just just how they interact, you know. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's no no real like you don't see people embracing. If you see somebody embracing, it's almost like taboo in public now, you know. Yeah. And and I mean we used to I mean man, it was all like, Hey, how's it going? You know, hugs. Yeah. Yeah, we play whatever. Okay. Be playing Guitar Hero and Best Buy, you know, chilling out and Yeah, man, getting you can't do kicked that out anymore. Of, you, getting yeah, kicked, kicked out of Best out, Buy for hugging the, the guitar hero, you know. <laughs> but, getting your getting your COVID all over it, man. <laughs> can't do that anymore. Yeah, You're right. Can't do it. Can't do it. I don't even know if Guitar Hero's around anymore. Yeah, it's it's around still. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's uh it's it's definitely different. Society's different. Um people people are different. They interact with you differently. Um, violent crime is another you know, think about that. Like more more violent crime. Uh, people people are just like more inclined to like you know take and 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 a lot of it starts out with road rage a lot of it starts out with like hey man you're in my gas pump you know i pulled up here you pulled up here hey what, what's the deal you know and it just turns into like an all-out brawl or you know you see like people on the airlines all-out brawl man that never happened before that was few and far between where you would hear about something like that rare occasion 
right? Yeah. So, but now, I mean, it's like, sadly, it's almost like what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right, man. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Like you sit back and you're like, dude, what the hell happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, sort of like things are flipped on their head, man. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. we digress. <laughs> yeah, we went from one thing to another. But it's like so having thing... a conversation with an old friend or something, right? Yeah, well, you know, that's the beauty of having <laughs> this thing. Is you kind of sit back.